It's one of the first things that happens when you go to see the doctor. They take your blood pressure. But what do those numbers mean and what is considered high? The threshold for high blood pressure or hypertension has changed over the years from 140 over 90 down to 120 over 80. Why does high blood pressure increase your risk for heart attack and stroke? What can be done to lower it? We'll get the answers to these questions and more on this edition of Health Styles. Our guest this week is Dr. Lakshmi, cardiologist at Sarah Bush Lincoln. We'll be right back after this. It seems we spend the first half of our lives living carefree with all of the time in the world to correct poor eating habits and lifestyle behaviors. And the last half of our lives trying to fix the damage we caused. Take a moment to give yourself the gift of peace of mind by having a heart-to-heart -heart cardiovascular checkup. For $95, you'll receive a series of seven heart-related tests to determine your heart health. For an additional $95, three other screens are offered to detect peripheral vascular disease. Get all the details at sarahbush.org slash h2h, that's h the number 2h, or call area code 217-258-2561. It's called hypertension, or more commonly known as high blood pressure, and to help us understand that, I've got Dr. Lakshmi here, cardiologist with the Sarah Bush Lincoln Heart Center. Thanks for talking with us today. Thank you for the opportunity, Lori. All right, so what is high blood pressure? What's happening inside our body when our blood pressure is high? See, the normal blood pressure is 120 over 80. The top number is called systolic blood pressure, and the bottom number is called diastolic blood pressure. For a long time, we used to say, oh, high blood pressure or natural as you get older. My grandma used to say 100 plus age. So if I'm 80 years old, it's 180 is normal, the top number. And, uh, and that was the norm. When I was a medical student, we used to say we treat after 160 millimeters top number. As we get older, the top number tends to go up and the bottom number goes down. So interestingly, patients will ask me, my blood pressure is 150 over 70. Should I take medication, doctor? And I say, yes. They will call me next week. My blood pressure is 150 over 60. And I say, yes. Because after the age of 65, the most important predictor of long-term complication is the top number, which is systolic. Younger patient, the diastolic is very important. Or if the diastolic is more than 100, it is important. But remember, most of the older patients will have top number high. What is normal? For a long time, we say 140 over 90 is normal. This is until 2013. We would The, the recommendation in 2012, if I remember, we said up to 140, you don't need to do. Up to 150, you don't need to do if the patient is older than 60 or 65 years old. It became very controversial. There was a famous study called SPRINT, which actually looked at older patients and then took one group, aggressively got the blood pressure to 120 over 80. Another group in the 140s. And the dramatic difference in strokes and complications in the higher blood pressure patients, which means aggressively treating the blood pressure is beneficial even in older patients. Now, obviously, patient has to tolerate the medicine. A lot of these older individuals, you put them on two, three medicine, they pass out because when they stand up, the blood pressure is low. It's called postural hypotension, which is a side effect. But assuming they can tolerate the blood pressure, I would aggressively treat the blood pressure. Number one 
advantage decreases the stroke. In my lifetime, I've rarely seen patients with normal blood pressure having big strokes. Stroke reduction. Number two, congestive heart failure reduction. Number three, renal failure. Many of the African-American individuals have high blood pressure have renal failure secondary to hypertension, which is not well controlled. You cannot take a guy whose blood pressure is 180 and drop it to 100 in two days, he's going to pass out. It's a gradual reduction of the blood pressure. So now we think 120 over 80 is normal. 120 to 129, 80 to 89 is pre-hypertension. We have removed the old entities. 130 and above, we call stage one hypertension. 80 to 89, stage one hypertension. And then more than 190, sorry, more than 90 diastolic, and more than 140, we call stage two hypertension, right? So 120 over 80 is normal. I said 80 to 89, stage one, a lot of people wait until 85 to call it. But if the blood pressure is more than 120, it's more than 80, I think you're going up there. Many of us will not treat 130 over 80 or 85 unless they have other problems such as high blood, um, coronary artery disease or they had a stroke or they're diabetic or they're elderly or they have chronic kidney disease. So if you go into your doctor and that one day your blood pressure is high, you're not going to go on medication that day. No. It needs to be over a course of some time that it remains high. Correct. Multiple times I would check it. Okay. The first time, suppose you come to my office, your blood pressure is 140 over 85. I will tell them, okay, cut down the salt in the diet. You are allowed about 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day, a lot of vegetables and fruits, exercise. Come back. I'll come back within a few weeks. The blood pressure remains high second time or third time, and then we may consider medications. Particularly, I told you, if you have never been on medicines and you don't have all those risk factors, we normally wait until 140 over 90 to start medications. Mm -hmm. Between 130 to 139, 80 to 89, we try to avoid medications unless they have coexisting risk factors, which we talked about. The data is clear on those patients. You start on with one medication if the blood pressure is only mildly elevated between 130 to 139, once you decide to medicine, or 140 to 130. If the blood pressure is more than 140, diastolic is more than 90, and you decided to treat, many of those patients will need two medications to control the blood pressure. Now, when you start a medication, you need to wait for a few weeks to work. You need to make sure they're compliant with medications in the diet. There are three important reasons why blood pressure never works. Number one, drug compliance. You can write as many drugs as you want, but if the patient is not taking it, then you're not going to get benefit. Diet compliance, if they're eating too much salt, if they're taking medications like Aleve, ibuprofen, which a lot of people take, it may not work. Number three is common called inertia, which means patient's blood pressure is mildly elevated. Let's say 141. And then patient says, you know, doc, let me wait for some time. They come back. It's 142. Oh, I'm still reluctant. You don't realize it. You see them every six months. The patient gets a stroke. So the inertia of it is you decide after a month if it's more than 140, I'm going to treat them treat them. So I just want to go back because of the thing. 120 to 129, I would wait. 80 to 85, I would say, you know, it's prehypertension. Even though 80 to 89 is considered stage one, a lot of people wait until it's 85. I hope I didn't confuse you on that matter. So why is high blood pressure, like what's happening inside the vessel and why is high blood pressure so bad? 
See, this is, this is very interesting. I'm interested in something called vascular aging. You know, as we get older, the blood pressure, the arteries get stiff. They're no longer pliable. When you're younger, the vessels are pliable. The blood pressure is the pressure of the blood on the walls of the artery. And you need the pressure, otherwise you're not going to survive. So as we get older, due to a variety of reasons, atherosclerosis, thickening of the arteries, calcium deposition, the arteries get stiff. They're no longer pliable. If you treat them aggressively and keep the blood pressure low, you don't get old. I'm exaggerating the point. But again, atherosclerosis, calcification of the arteries, stiffening of the arteries are the reason you get vascular aging. So the arteries get stiff. If you don't treat these people, for a long time we thought it's physiological. But by keeping the blood pressure low, people live longer. They don't get strokes. They don't get congestive heart failure. So many of us will start having stiffening of artery and rising blood pressure. But we should treat it so that you will look young forever. So does hereditary family history play a role in high blood pressure? Very important. Patients with a family history of high blood pressure, both parents, have very good chance of getting it. Obesity, very good chance of getting it. African-American population are more, more prone to get high blood pressure compared to the rest of the population. Um, there are a lot of dietary changes which do it. People eat too much salt. A lot of women take ibuprofen or Aleve for a variety of reasons, and you'll be very surprised when you talk to them, the number of medications they are taking. A lot of people go to GNC and buy all of these vitamins, and we have never studied those vitamins. We don't know what is inside them. Okay. So, so taking a lot of things like ibuprofen can have an effect on high blood pressure? Absolutely. Okay, I did not know that. So a lot of people, when they are in pain, they don't realize. You start out with 400 milligram three times a day. Soon they are taking grams of ibuprofen. And the ibuprofen does a variety of reasons, but it increases the sodium absorption. It also constricts the blood vessels in the kidneys and can cause high blood pressure. So other than having your blood pressure tested, are there any symptoms of it? Hopefully you don't get the bad symptoms such as stroke, <laughs> congestive heart failure, kidney disease, heart attacks. And interestingly, a lot of these elderly patients, they have dementia. And we all name them as Alzheimer's dementia, thinking that it's, you know, Alzheimer's is genetic and multiple, you know, there are protein depositions which causes it. But these dementia are caused by hypertension in some people. If the mini strokes which are happening in the brain in the prefrontal cortex, people will be demented. So by aggressively treating them, you prevent dementia, prevent memory loss. So this has been studied. So I would say one of the reasons to treat aggressively elderly patients so that we prevent them having dementia. So but for, you know, a regular 50, 60-year-old person walking down the street, are they, can they tell if they have high blood pressure or not? No, you should check it. That's yeah. why I think when you go to the doctors, first thing is, what's my blood pressure? Again, when they first come to the doctor, they're going to be anxious. There is this entity called white coat hypertension. I never used to wear it until I came here. Now I'm wearing the white coat. So there are some things which we will do to see whether it's true white coat hypertension. I tell them to get a blood pressure apparatus and check it at home. Maybe let their friendly nurse come and check them. We can do a 24-hour monitoring of the ambulatory monitoring of blood pressure. See, as we go to sleep, everybody's blood pressure should go down. That's called nocturnal dip. When you go to sleep, your heart rate slows down. Your blood pressure slows down. That's why it's important to have normal sleep. We should probably have a podcast on sleep apnea, which is a major problem. 
for many of the patients. So if you do an ambulatory monitor, if the blood pressure is high in the office, but when they go to sleep, they have the normal nocturnal dip, probably they don't need treatment. So when they come to the office, you should not immediately check the blood pressure. You should be relaxed, the clothes. Many of the patients, they don't take the jacket off and we're checking the blood pressure. Should have appropriate cuff size. For obese people, you need a different cuff size. Let them sit down, relax, let the nurse go and talk to them for some time and repeat it after five to 10 minutes. Then take the average of the blood pressure. Okay, all right. Great information again. I love talking to you. I learn so much every time we chat on our podcast. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for listening to Health Styles presented by Sarah Bush Lincoln. I'm your host, Lori Banks. I want to give a special shout out to all of our providers and clinicians for coming on the show and providing great information we can all learn from. Always remember the information that we present in these podcasts should not be considered a substitute for medical care. Please see your own healthcare provider if you have questions or concerns about a medical condition. Now to learn more about the Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln, please visit sarahbush.org slash the Heart Center. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you will be the first to know when new shows are added. We're also on social media and we'd love to connect with you there as well. For more information about the providers and services of Sarah Bush Lincoln Health System, please visit sarahbush.org. Thanks for listening.